Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Okay, so I'd like to thank Pastor Phil for this opportunity and thank everyone as well in Ignite for the support for the prayers. Thank you. Thank you to everyone as well who knew about this and who prayed and, and, and who prayed for Chidair and for myself and all of you as well who pray for Ignite. Um, we, we are blessed and we thank God for what he's doing in our midst. And just before I go on to actually starting the message, let's, let's, actually, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that we can be gathered here. Thank you for the freedom to gather. Thank you, Lord, that we are not facing repression for our faith. Thank you, God, that we can stand here and publicly and freely share and be encouraged in you. Thank you that we have a church, that we've got people that genuinely believe in you. And God, thank you for this sermon. And I pray, God, that you would speak to my heart and to everybody else's here. God, may it be you here, not me, nothing of me, all of you, God, in the name of Jesus, amen. So I would ask you, please, to turn in your Bibles um, to Joshua, please, um, to Joshua 14, verses 6 to 15. We're going to do a little bit of reading today, so... um, yeah, let's, I'll, I'll just do the reading. Let, let's start. Are we all there? Yeah? Okay, you can follow on the screen as well. So Joshua 14, 6 to 15. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. Because you have wholly followed the Lord your God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old, as yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore... Give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Moses and Joshua blessed him, and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day. Because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron, formerly Kirjat Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. Then the land had rest from war. And I'd ask you as well to turn to Second Samuel. Chapter 22. 
And we'll read from verse, verse 30 to verse 40. So that's um, two, Second Samuel 22, verses 30 to 40. For by you, I can run against a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? God is my strength and power. And he makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarged my path under me so my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them. Neither did I turn back again until they were destroyed. And I have destroyed them and wounded them so that they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet. For you have armed me with strength for battle. You have subdued under me those who rose against me. And the final scripture, sorry, there's a lot to read, um, is not as long. It's in Habakkuk 3. Verses 17 to 19. And I read. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will join the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high hills. And the title is Blessing of Battle. And the reason why I read these scriptures is that when we start out with 2 Samuel chapter 22, 30 to 40, it's David singing to the Lord, rejoicing in the Lord, because God has given him victory over his enemies and over King Saul. And that's at the start of that chapter. And in our lives, we have these seasons where we've got battle, we face battle, and we embrace it. We're ready to fight. It's hard, it's tough, we know we have to rely on the Lord, but we're ready to go. We're ready to persevere, we're ready to face whatever it is that's there. And we go, we engage we know it's not our strength. We know it's the Lord. And we, we go wholeheartedly. We understand that the battle is beyond our potential. We understand that. And we continually rely on the Lord. We go to God and we rise up again. When we fall, we rise up again and we go. And with King David, he fled before Saul. He was running. He was on the run. And he was like, God, what's going on? But he was on it. And he was just persevering. And he was just going. And God gave him victory. I mean, he fell a few times. He did some things that God disapproved of. And he was chastised for it. But he pursued. He went on. And he had the victory. And in our lives, we have battles like that. Where we can kind of see what the end might be. We kind of see what deliverance looks like. We kind of understand what it is that we're fighting for. And it could be for job opportunities. It could be for family. It could be all sorts of things. But we know what it is. That we're pursuing. And our hearts, our will is kind of aligned with God in a way. We might not fully understand the whole journey in the battle. But we kind of agree with God that we are willing to fight. But I believe that God wants to take us further than that. Which is already a brilliant and wonderful place. Because we learn to rely on him. And we see that with David. 
But I believe that God calls us farther to a place of, beyond a place of reliance on him in battle, to go beyond our preferences. And here I'm talking about God drawing us in and saying, okay, you're doing battle where you kind of see where things are going. You kind of agree with what's going on. You want to fight and you're fighting, but let's go further and kind of understand that there is battle that we don't want and that God wants us to fight where our will doesn't want us to engage in that. We don't even want God to do anything to help us to fight. We just don't want to engage with that battle. And I think there are many more battles like that in our lives. And God wants to draw us. And we look at, in the Bible, there's so many examples. One example that came to mind as I was praying last night and this morning was Esther and how she was ambivalent. She wasn't too sure. Do I really want to do this? What's in there for me? But we also have the case of Caleb, and that's why we read this text, which is incredible. Caleb goes out, the people of Israel go out of Egypt, so he's probably seen the, the latter days of slavery and of repression and of everything that was going on with Pharaoh. He comes out with the people. Moses sends the, the ten out to go spy out the, the land. Uh, sorry, the twelve out to go spy out the land. And only two come back with a good report. Caleb and Joshua are on fire. They're ready for this. He's 45. He's ready. He's going to take this down. And because of the others, God says, you're not going in. And that means 40 years of wandering around in the desert. 40 years of nothingness. 40 years of having to pay for other people's sin. 40 years. And think of it. He's 45. And you add 40 years to that. That's like all his life, all over again, doing nothing. Meanwhile, the people of Israel are still sitting. They're still disobeying God. They're still doing things wrong. They even exasperate Moses to the point where God's, he, he doesn't obey God. And God says, you're not going in. This is the kind of situation he's in. God, what's going on here? God, what's, what's all of this about? You said something. And now we've got to be stuck here in 40 years. And of course, we've got the benefit of hindsight. But just imagine going through that day by day. He had all the time in the world to doubt. He had all the time in the world to withdraw. He had all the time in the world to join the Israelites, the people of Israel, and just give up on God and not engage with that battle. But I love that when we read this passage, this is Caleb at 85. And this is Caleb saying to Joshua, hold on, buddy. We're not done. God has said something, and I want this battle. And what's amazing is that the inheritance is not material. Yes, he's going to inherit land, but how old is he by then? What is he actually going to enjoy? When he says, Gives me my, give me my inheritance, he's not saying, give me a large plot of land, give me fertile, whatever. No, he's saying, give me battle. And I really believe that the Lord, there are things in our lives he's leading us. He's leading us to the place of wanting welcoming battle, not because of what we can, we get out of it, which might be tangible, which might be material, which might be visible, but drawing us in after him because, and that takes us to Habakkuk, because though there might not be fruit that's tangible, though we might not see, we might not touch, God takes us through that because he's able. 
As we trust in him, he is able to transform our feet and make us tread on our high places. And that's a beautiful and powerful place because Caleb, when he was in the desert, he was trusting God every day. He had his ups and downs, yes, but he kept what it was that the Lord had in his heart. And he grew in that such that when he's 85, he can say, I still have the strength. He's very, very, very lucid at this point. He knows exactly what's happened. He, re- he recounts it to Joshua. This is what's happened. This is what we've been through. But I am ready for battle. I'm not, I'm not settling for what I can see, what is tangible, what is material, what is to me something that I can indulge in. He's ready not for tangible material benefits, but for battle. And I, the, I believe the only place for Caleb The only way by which Caleb could get to this place is because on this journey, he discovered a deeper blessing, which is that God transforms our feet if only we would let him. And he transforms our feet so that we can tread on our high places. And I love that about Habakkuk. David learns that and he sings about this when he is at the end and he's seen victory. Habakkuk writes that although there's nothing tangible that is worthy at least in our eyes, perhaps, of praise. But he says, despite all of these things that I can't see, that I can't touch, I am rejoicing, not even because of future benefits, but I'm rejoicing because God is changing me and enabling me to tread on my my high places. And I believe with Caleb, he gets to this point where when he says, give me battle, he's ready to go the whole way. And he doesn't care how long it's going to take him. He doesn't care that all his life has basically been hardship. He's ready. And when we read this, Hebron was given rest. He's still very, very much clear. God said, I'm going to give you this line. And he's ready. It means fighting the Anakin. It means facing what is impossible. But he's been trained through this nothingness of the desert. Through being in the heat, just like the Israelites. Although he did not deserve it. He was ready to go in. And I love how he says that he was given, the land was given rest. He fought until the land had rest. And when I put that together with what Joshua says, around, I guess, the, the same time, he says, me and my household, we will serve the Lord. This, these men understood what God was wanting to do. They understood the, the importance of passing this on to the future generation. They fought for that. And... I would say, just kind of building on that as well, that God takes us beyond our persistence. These men were persistent. These men carried through. They went on. And we also, we know we persist. We stay on, we stay on in prayer. We persevere with the battles that God gives us, mainly when we kind of see where we're going with this. But we get to a point where God wants us to Go beyond, see beyond how much we are persisting and see what it is that he is doing that extends so far beyond, so far beyond what we can see and what efforts we put in. Because it's good when our efforts, we kind of know where the reward lies and what it looks like. But how about all these situations in our lives where God calls us into battle and we don't like it? We don't even want him to have us to go in there. And we are to persevere, but not on the premise of what we're going to see, but also because he transforms us and makes us able to tread on our high places. 
he transforms us. That's so beautiful. And I believe that the two ways or two of the ways in which the Lord draws us into that is through faith in prayer and through obedience. And us going in in prayer and allowing that, allowing God to be able to do that with us. He is just, he's able to instruct, to form us, to shape us, to make us able to handle, to take care of greater spiritual responsibility. And I believe that's what happens with Caleb. That's what happens with these men. And I believe that's what God is calling us into. That as we learn that, where our reward is purely what happens with God, that's of eternal relevance. And that's of eternal benefit. And better, God can entrust us with spirit, greater spiritual responsibility. And so I would say, this is an encouragement to, to families to all of us, really, to couples, to parents, to children, or in the workplace, wherever it is that the Lord has called us, and we know there are battles that are there. How are we responding? Is our response faith? And it's not something we can work up. It's as we proceed with the Lord that he builds in us that. I'm sure Habakkuk didn't get to that just overnight. It was going through and going through and going through. And as he went on on that journey where he just let go more and more, he allowed the Lord to make him let go, that he gets to this place where he understands there's something that's been worked inside of him that is not about the material ending. It's not even about the deliverance. Deliverance will come, but it's about that journey and what happens, how God transforms our feet and how he makes us able to overcome And so we learn to rejoice because of the greater capacity that he gives us to handle greater, more difficult, more challenging spiritual things. And I would encourage us as well, and this goes to parents especially, do not draw back. Stay on your knees. Get on your knees. Persevere. Not just for the things that you think that God wants to do something about, but the things that you want to quit on, where you're tired and you're exhausted, or even things you never even wanted in the first place, but you know that God has called you into that because your kids are watching. And this is about the future generations. And I'm saying this because I'm going through this myself. And this is something that I know is happening in my own family. And I've seen, I was telling Pastor Phil and Chidera the other day, that I've seen my mother going on on this journey. And I have watched that. There is something when parents are on their knees and they're not quitting. Do not quit. Persevere on your knees. Your children need to see that. They need to see that. They need to see that it's important for their faith. It's important. And that's what gives you the authority going forward in the places where God calls you. He will, he will clothe you with greater authority if you persevere and you overcome those battles. God knows the only way, the only way is not going to be by our strength. We say it, but God tests that and he trains us to understand. When Habakkuk was saying this, even David, when he was saying this, it's because he had experienced something with the Lord deep about not wanting something and being drawn into that by the Lord. 
and going and going and not stopping. And the Lord will provide you. And then the rejoicing comes because, God, I cannot believe that I'm still in this battle. That I've not quit. That's where the victory lies. That we're still standing firm. And God gives us rest in that place of battle. Not rest outside. That's what we think. If I can only get out of this, I will be in peace. No. God teaches us to find rest in that place of battle. Because it's his rest. And it's not like the, the rest that we, we can think up or that we want. But it's by faith that he draws, he brings us into that. And I would end with Hebrews that tells us, if we would just open up um, Hebrews 10, 32 to 39. I won't read the whole thing. But just that passage that says... Um, well, maybe I should just read it. But recall the former days in which you were illuminated. You endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which is great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come, and he will not tarry. Now, and that's the part I really wanted. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Let's stay in the battle. And this is to all of us. And I'm going to ask us to close our eyes and... Before even asking us, I mean, this is time for us to reflect on what's been said and how the Lord has been speaking to your own hearts through this. But I'd like to speak to whoever might be in this room who does not know Jesus. The very first battle, of course, is for our salvation. And that Christ has already overcome. He went through, though he didn't necessarily want to. He went through and earned his victory. And you need to be in him, in that place of victory, to engage in the battles that he will bring your way. And as we have our eyes closed, I'm going to ask if there's anyone in this room who doesn't know Jesus. You've not surrendered to him. You've not given him your heart. You've not given him your life. He's not Lord. He's not your Savior. And there might be things in your life that you're, that you're struggling with. Things that you wished that you could do something about. Or things that you just want to quit on. It might be your own life that you want to quit on. And I'm going to ask you right now, if that's you, to put your hand up. And as we have our eyes closed, for those of us who have heard this and who have been stirred talk to the Lord. You can come forward. You can come forward and as the team comes back as well, you can come forward to the altar. If you, if you, if you feel drawn in your heart to, to come forward, do so. But in your seat, talk to the Lord. What is it that's going on in your heart? What's going on in your life that you recognize there are things that you turn your back on? You don't even want to hear of that because it's too hard, because it's not going the way you... You might have thought or imagined there is more at stake here. It's, it's of eternal re- relevance. The future is at stake here. Your children are at stake here. 
There is spiritual authority that the Lord wants to give you. But that requires that you go through some things and you learn to let go. And through which he will transform your feet and teach you to tread, to walk upon your high places. It could be even sins that you seem to not be able to break away from and you just want to quit on the battle. You need to continue. You need to continue. However long it would take, you need to continue because beyond the sin, there's something that God is doing inside of you. Beyond the circumstance, there's something that God can do and wants to do inside of you. And we've sung it. God can melt mountains. God removes mountains. He levels mountains. But he wants to do something through us walking such that we embrace, we learn to welcome battles and we learn to rest in him in battle and that we are transformed and that we receive spiritual blessing which is enduring of, of and of eternal value that goes far beyond the material and the tangible and the visible stuff so let's speak to the lord take the time to speak to the lord you can come forward again if you need somebody to pray for you i will pray for you but Let's, let's speak to the Lord. And even for members on the team, if you feel like you need to speak to God, feel free. And let's talk to the Lord. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.